It's time for The Drive's Top 5 at 5. Quentin time on your Monday, 5.01 here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Bear in Houston Crest with you this afternoon. Tucker Harlan has the day off. Let's start with the top five at five. And we'll begin with a little UT basketball news. Volunteers up to number four. Today, both the AP and the coaches poll. Highest ranking since they were number two about 13 months ago, January 30th, 2023. Sixth time in program history in which Tennessee has ascended to fourth or better in the AP poll. Three of those four times have happened under the leadership of Richard Dale Barnes. And somehow people want him gone and will apparently text you and tweet you 15 minutes into the first half of the game, we eventually win by 34? 35. 35, okay. It is a golden era in Tennessee basketball history, ladies and gentlemen. We are living through it. The Volunteers are once again the top-ranked team in the SEC, which has five teams in the top 25. 11th-ranked Auburn will be in town Wednesday. 13th-ranked Alabama will be the Vols' opponent on Saturday Number 16, Kentucky, comes in here to close out the season. And we play at number 18, South Carolina, Florida, the other team in the uh, top 25 at number 24. Additionally, Mississippi State, who's, I believe, won like six in a row. Really? Chris Jansis crew on a bit of a tear. Suddenly that loss at the hump not looking so awful anymore. That might be a quad one loss by the end of the year. I'd still like to have it back, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. What are they now? They're 19 and 8. Uh, and as you said, uh, they've won five straight. About that. Little bit of a tear. Uh, they've got a pretty tough stretch to close out their season, too, does Mississippi State. Well, we'll let them worry about that. We'll worry about the aforementioned Auburn Tigers. Bruce Pearl and the boys coming in town for a 7 p.m. tip Wednesday night. Bruce at Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and Arena. Very exciting times for Tennessee basketball. Very exciting times for Tennessee baseball. Number two, Vols pull off the series sweep over the weekend against Albany, outscoring the Great Danes by a cumulative 41-11 to margin. That's pretty good. Eked it out there. First game was a little dicey. It give, was. Give Albany some credit. They hung around. And I believe Saturday was 21-6. to they gave up three touchdowns. <laughs> and then yesterday was a seven inning, 12 nothing. Is that right? A little run rule in effect for yes. Sunday. Yeah. Um, One hitter. Yeah, we've done that twice now. We got to get that no hitter. We got to do it. The collective. Um, we, we said it earlier, and this is obviously Tony's job. We can ask him about that here in a minute if we want. Feels like all the pieces are there. It's just a matter of placing them in the right order. At the right time. Yeah. Uh, but you, you have to like the makeup of this baseball team. Next up for the Vols, game tomorrow with High Point at 4.30 over at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Our friends over at Crown Cleaners are going to give away a pair of tickets to that game here towards the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. We'll 
We'll give those away here on the air. You got Bowling Green coming in for a three-game series this weekend. Hopefully you have great weather like we did this past weekend. I was actually just looking that up because I'm curious as to what the weather is supposed to be tomorrow. I know there's some rain moving in later this week. Uh, partly cl- That's not right. I was lied to. I'm sorry. Meteorologist Cress over here falling on his face. What? I looked down and it said 78, and I thought there's <sighs> no, only. there's no way. Yeah, did you? Are you looking at the wrong city? Uh, yeah, that are was uh, Orlando. <laughs> that was Grand Turk, where I was on my honeymoon. I guess that was the last place saved in my nice, weather. Nice humble flex right there. Well, I just you know. we got rain all this week. Really? Yeah. Ugh. 40% tomorrow, 50% uh, Wednesday, cloudy uh, Thursday, 60% Friday, cloudy Saturday, partly sunny Sunday. I, I like I mean, Houston's, could, albeit false prediction, better. Yeah, Number three, be UMass set to join the MAC in all applicable sports for the 2025-2026 school years. UMass on the move. They're an independent in football playing the Atlantic 10 in basketball. The Minutemen. Yep. Is that a good addition for any particular reason for the Mac? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's good for UMass, I guess. They get to be yeah. in a football conference. Were they in the Atlantic 10? Was the, Has that always been their thing? They weren't in the Big East when Calipari was there, right? Ooh. They were never in the Patriot League, were they? Because UMass was a big deal in the 90s when John Calipari was there. And yeah, because John Calipari had a lot of really good players. Marcus Camby, who was the was – the, Was the – like that late 80s to 90s, that was the golden age, like that Northeastern Corridor basketball. The Big they East. were not in the Big East. I miss the OG Big East, Russ. They were good. Um, it was always a fun tournament to watch at the end of the year. I was going to say, they always had, seemingly every year, a great tournament. Yeah. It was the most exciting games. Yeah, it was, that was always a great appetizer for the, the big dance. A couple of years where the Big East tournament was actually, like the, especially some of those championship games they had, were every bit as good as the championship game. Moving on, number four? Sure. The Bengals have made their first big decision of the offseason, placing the franchise tag on wide receiver T. Higgins. It's a final now. T got tagged. I guess that means we could get him next year, right? I also heard that he may be a potential tag and trade option. Yeah, I just don't see. Do you think anybody's going to? I wouldn't think so. That's. I wouldn't like the idea of another team locking in his salary before negotiations can even start. I don't like that. What's that come with? Is that one of those deals where you got to give up two first-rounders? I guess it would depend. Titans can't do that. No. No. That's all right. We can still draft uh, Brock Bauer, seven. (laughs) If he's there. He's going to be there. He's mocked right now to the Chargers at five. They say Harbaugh loves him. Really? Yeah. I'm sure he does. Well, they've already got Game their quarterback. Tight that'd a, yeah, that'd be a good toy for them to pair with. Yeah. 
Herbert. Oh, boy. Her bear. Yeah, so the Titans, if they want Bowers, they need to have a backup plan because it sounds like uh, old Harbs is absolutely head over heels for Bowers. Crazy hmm. uh, crazy Jim's going to win a Super Bowl, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Finally, number five with spring training underway, the Oakland Athletics appear no closer to relocating to Las Vegas than they were in the offseason. Owner John Fisher is yet to secure his part of the stadium financing and several deadlines to release ballpark renderings have been missed. Odds are the A's will ultimately move to Las Vegas, but this process has hardly been smooth. The relocation is about to receive official opposition from the Nevada State Education Association, which represents teachers and educators throughout the state. The NSEA is preparing to file an injunction to stop $380 million in public funds from being distributed to the A's on the grounds that it is unconstitutional. I kind of don't blame them. I don't either. You got billionaires wanting subsidized subsidized stadiums, and teachers aren't making that a whole lot of money. That guy's a crook. I hate. I don't like that guy. Isn't that what we're doing though with Nissan Stadium? That's not a state tax, but it's, it's getting. I, I mean, I don't know if where they're getting that money from. Well, but at least I mean, they're half, not they're half not, of the Nissan Stadium is going to be state dollars. Yeah, it? but at least they're not moving them to Las Vegas. I thought it was metro, like city. Like a municipal thing. I don't think that involves the whole state, does it? I don't know. If it does, you're out. Uh, I'd like him to, you know, be a little bit more fiscally responsible, yeah. You're not a true Titans fan, then. I always knew it about you. Commie Bear. Always Shut an act. Up. Speaking it's of baseball, have you guys seen what Fanatics has done to a lot of the oh. uh, new uniforms? They're like see-through, right? Yeah, like the pants are see-through, and they've changed the fonts and basically color. Like they showed the White Sox, I think it was the White Sox white uniforms from last year to this year. It's like going from the NFL How do you screw to, up white? Why is Nike not making the uniforms? Because Fanatics are. bought the contract. Oh. Fanatics was like, aren't those I, the least, people that used to put like those giant, like those big head things on those? like Fathead? Fathead things. Wasn't that by Fanatics? I think you might be right. That might have been how they got started. But they've they've entered obviously into apparel <laughs> and they carry licensed stuff, but boy, some of the some did of the changes see, they made are terrible. Did you see the picture of the dude from the Padres bending over touching his toes? Yep. No. <laughs> Y'all wanna see it? <laughs> I mean, it's worth a Google. A Google. I, like, I'm Google, just saying you man. see everything. Like, let's put it this way. He's not wearing a jock or anything else for that matter, it, it would appear. And uh, you heard the song, uh, hanging, who, hanging who, let, who Let the Dogs Out? This is Who Let the Hogs Out. I was thinking more of a, is it hang low? Does it wobble to and fro? Yeah, I mean, he's Can you he's throw it over your shoulder like of. an old banjo, Russ? The word girth comes to mind. <laughs> they called Should him Skull Can. Move along now. If you want to. That is the top five at five. This afternoon on Fan Run Radio, I'm Russell Smith alongside Bear and Houston Crest taking your phone calls today at 865-546-8200. Tony Vitello set to join the show momentarily. 
Uh, Jason says Fanatics is taking all over all Tennessee Nike gear next year. Oh, oh God! Uh, that'll the uh, ladies in in Vol Nation will will love that when <laughs> yeah. Tony V and the boys come out. And Wait, is that more form fitting? Snug? That, is that real? I, that's what my guy Jason. So says. it's so like it's Fanatics like, supplying like, like the pants, and they're just going to sew the Nike stuff onto it. Is that what they're doing? I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little confused as how this works. Yeah, I thought I thought Nike did the all the major league baseball stuff, or is, is it just like a licensing deal where we put the swoosh on? Probably. I'm yeah. telling you, as many like combinations and sets and stuff, like these universities will send. They'll just take one look at stuff and they'll they'll slap some tape back on that box and send it back. I mean, Tennessee's done that. They didn't. I mean, we've heard about stuff that they've gotten in that. You know, that we knew was in over there, but they just ended up not wearing it because it looked terrible. Wish they had done that with those smoky gray jerseys for the football uniforms last year. Oh, that got whatever that yoked. We were in the minority on that one. I, I, I was not a fan. Were you a fan of those? No. Houston? It's no. okay if you were. No, I, I wasn't. If you want I love to do something the white like ones. that, just do the, do the real thing. Right. It's do the the Condridge Holloway throwback to the early 70s so those guys with the that's yeah that's a clean look man wouldn't mind seeing those again I I'd actually grown fond of the smoky grays that we wore last year at LSU mm-hmm. and it's like with you the gonna let me ask Tony anthracite about that? and all that stuff I thought that was good about what I'd like to see the baseball team wear the old Condridge Holloway baseball throwbacks those are kind of cool I can't even picture those what they were like orange, short, short sleeve. They're kind of cut, real athletic cut. Pretty cool. Go back to a wool or flannel uh, uniform. You want to get really want to go throwback? I think they ought to make like the big leaguers wear those like Babe Ruth spikes, where it looks like the shoes about to. Could you imagine fall how much slower everybody everybody would be running in wool in the middle of the summer? They made a gray pinstripe throwback. I can't remember the company that made it. I actually thought it was really cool. And then In I saw wool? the and then I yeah, it was. And then I saw the price tag. Well, I'm sure it was like four or five hundred bucks, wasn't it? I think it was like two twenty five. I went in the Yankee shop and I went to that game this summer. And they had like some old school like throwbacks. You'd get like DiMaggio or Mantle or that stuff ain't cheap. <laughs> Woo! Three hundred dollars for a baseball jersey? Yeah, sure. Some of the other stuff was like, um, like I got a really cool bucket hat, Yankees bucket hat, um, and it was only like twenty bucks. So, I'm sorry, Bear. It was two thirty-five. Two thirty-five. Pretty good looking for a balls baseball throwback. Mm-hmm. But it was like real wool. I mean, it was like I just, the I just don't wear good. the. I just don't wear the. I'm not a big jersey, even like baseball jerseys. Oh, you should come in here in a – who's your bet? NBA team? Were you Lakers? Yeah. So, well, like oh, yeah, Mamba. you should come in here like just a Magic Johnson. Just Kareem. Form-fitting shirt, nothing on underneath. That would be a good look for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go full uniform while you're at it. Yeah. Have we ever asked him about the whole managers wearing like – the uniform? Yeah, because yeah, I feel like, I mean, Bar, you know, we've talked about it on area, like Barnes wearing a uniform or, or Heifel. Well, I just hope, like, if Tony stays here for 30 or 40 years and has a 
long career. And well, he's some, the old man. He's the grand old man of Tennessee baseball. He's walking out there with a cane at like 65. Still, still full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> still yeah. pissed. Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit of a belly protruding. The the long, dark locks have long since gone. <laughs> that would be a silver shot. Through Takes it. the hat off. It's like Tiger Woods on Sunday. You're like, whoa. Okay. Put that back on there, buddy. I don't know if I wish this on Tony. I'm not wishing it. I'm saying time waits for no man. We'll all be there. He'll be, he's one of those dudes, man. He'll be good looking when he's old. Stay with us. We'll talk to the man himself when we continue next on many of these fine fan-run affiliates. Tony Vitello up next here on The Drive. The Drive. Welcome back. The Drive continues. It's fan-run radio. Russell Bear and Houston Crest kicking it with you. Monday afternoon edition of the show. Tony Vitello joining us now. Good afternoon. Coach, how are you? I'm excellent. Ready to start a new week. It's kind of a weird thing, but college baseball Monday is actually the start of a new week, and Sunday finishes it off, and fortunately we had a good crowd and good weather, and, and we're able to win this Sunday. Oh, man, great crowds this weekend. It was so cool to see that. What what did it mean to you when you're in that dugout and you look out there at the new left field expansion there and you see so many people in the seats for opening weekend? Yeah, it was great. I mean, to see to our our direct sight line is not only the new porches, the second level, then the third level was built, but kind of this new section that's also down the left field line, which, you know, really just closes the whole thing in. And it's not even done yet, but what we have, um, you know, nowadays we use words like amazing and in other words, probably a little too casually. But uh, for me, it literally is surreal kind of seeing that that huge eyesore we had when we first got hired being completed and having that full allotment of, of seats over there. Did you notice a difference in just the way it sounded too with the sound bouncing around there or is it, that something you have to wait for a big SEC weekend for? No, I, I did and so did our opponent. As a matter of fact, I got I just got the text so I can pull it up. Um, Coach John Mueller, you know, Albany obviously not a household name. It's not Florida or Vanderbilt as far as baseball goes, but they came in here and their hitters were a pain. They were physical. They were aggressive. The pitchers weren't scared. Um, so honestly, um, you know, much more competitive than I, than I thought it would be in a credit to their coach who was quoted to me in a text saying that place is like an outdoor nightclub, especially when they play Tiesto, which is kind of nightclub music. <laughs> uh, but I've, I've heard our place referred to before is like a rock and roll concert, but I guess we've been upgraded to an outdoor nightclub uh, with this left field side being completed. Well, I can't wait to see what it what happens when there is a big SEC series and there's some heat there because it's LSU. Yeah, I mean it's like you said, Tony. Like you know, Albany comes in there and uh, heck, I was half expecting a repeat of the was it Iona or Siena yeah. that infamous series a couple of years ago, but you know they. They, they pushed you guys in, in some areas, but, yeah, I, I have a feeling it's going to be a different animal when there's you add in some conference rivalry and maybe some beverages and the weather's a little bit warmer and all that stuff. Uh, I think it's going to go up to 11, as they say. No, I, I think so. Some people know a place called 11, too, but we'll leave that at that. Um, you know, the, uh, the next date I'm really excited for – it should be tomorrow, and it is the most important date on our schedule, is the next game. 
But we've, we've got University of Illinois coming in here, studying Illini, and we'll play them on a Saturday, and we play Kentucky in basketball three hours later at 4 o'clock. Ooh. So I'm kind of envisioning that almost being like a spring football game, spring baseball game combo. Uh, so that, that might be our first taste of what you guys are, are anxious to see, and, and I guarantee our players are as well. Tony, talking about the games last week, it feels like there's a lot of experimentation going on just in terms of different lineups and different combinations that you're throwing out there. Do you feel like anyone stepped up and potentially won a job or at least a role to play this past week? I, I think more just it worked out to where guys finally got their opportunity. Robin and, and Dalton Bargo are two guys that were talked about. But they had been sprinkled in a lineup and looked good at the plate. They just hadn't been given an opportunity to be out there, you know, and, and rack up a full day's worth of at-bats. Um, really, everyone that's been out there has shown why they're getting the opportunity. I feel like this year's club is the flip opposite of last year's. Last year's is the only team I've ever been a part of where I was like, you know what? If you could make trades in college baseball, we we could afford to trade in a good arm or two together just to get a bat, just to get a DH. Huh. And and it almost was a big stressful point of how do we get all these guys innings and such throughout the year? Of course, I, I complain about the 10-run the rule uh, kind of impedes us from doing that as well. Well, this year I think it's more how do we get all these guys at bat? And, and having said that, the pitching this year, I think, mean, is like since last year. Like, hey, you don't even need to come knock on my office door. If, if you want to be out there, just show it. <laughs> and the, there's innings up for grabs. So when a guy like Nate Sneed throws a ball the way he does, or um, Andrew Banky was excellent this weekend, um, they're basically raising their hands saying, I would like to gobble up some of these innings that are available because they're, they're available. Yeah, I, that was Kind of my next question is about uh, the lineup and how you put together a batting order. And do you just spend all your time away from the ballpark, just obsessing over who you're going to play, who you're going to hit, where? I feel like that if I were in your shoes, I would just be thinking about that nonstop all the time. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, um, just being an open book, that's what I did when I was a little kid. I I'd go to my dad's practices and all the games. And I, I would kind of – he coached multiple sports. So all throughout the calendar year, I would envision, you know, what is really the best lineup, where are the weak spots, and then next year, is his team going to be good again next year? And they were always good. Um, but it, it, it's fun more than anything when you've got options like we have. Um, but then it bleeds into stress when you know you've got 12 guys that need to be in the lineup, but you only got nine spots. And, and then, two, ultimately – when it is May and we need to write out the best lineup or write out the best 10 or 11 guys, what's the best combination? Who belongs where and all that? And I'm a big believer, just leave no stone unturned. Um, you know, it's, it's impossible to make the perfect decision, but I think in order to make the right decision, you need to kind of look at it from all angles. So you probably have a, an idea in your head of what you think you, your best lineup is going to be, like if you had to play – a big SEC series or regional or something, but, you know, with a, with a couple of things that you're still working through and giving guys chances to, when do you think you want to roll out that ideal lineup? Is there a timetable well, on that? I think you want to try it against Alabama. Um, who, who Who's your best one against Alabama? But, um, 
that, that's our first conference weekend. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll tell you guys, and it'd be good for – I wish our players could hear this and also really adopt the philosophy. Frank talks about it all the time, our pitching coach. This thing kind of goes in waves. So our best lineup against Alabama, maybe four weeks later, whoever's on our SEC schedule four weeks later, that might not be the best nine because one guy might get a little colder and might turn his ankle or maybe he's not playing defense the way he should. Um, maybe you switch two guys in the lineup just to shake it up because one of them's struggling. And, and so this thing kind of comes in waves. And I mentioned the kids, you know, wanting them to hear that because sometimes you're a little lower on the depth chart than you want. But if you keep working hard, um, just by nature of the beast as the season goes on, your opportunity can pop up. And, you know, Chad Dallas became the Friday starter all of a sudden just because Garrett Crochet was a little bit injured and we were being conservative. And then Drew Beam – stepped up because Blake Tidwell was a little sore and we were just being conservative. Both those guys, first rounders were great. And now this year, AJ Russell is a little sore. And if it was May, I'd I'd be lying to you. If I said I was excited, I'd be a little bummed, but because it's this early in the year, I'm excited about AJ Russell, not gobbling up five or six innings this weekend, because that means five or six more up for grabs. And who's the next, maybe Chad Dallas or Drew Bean. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, A.J. Russell uh, leaves with soreness. You seem to indicate after that game that maybe it wasn't – you hear pitcher soreness and everybody freaks out, right? And you seem to indicate maybe it wasn't necessarily an arm or elbow thing. Is any update there? Yeah, it was kind of weird. And, and they did explain it to me in doctor's terms, which made it even weirder. But <laughs> it was more kind of in his side or his torso, um, stemming all the way up to his armpit. Just something kind of unique. And, and really just attribute it to a guy that young. He doesn't have a very long track record of being at this weight and throwing at this velocity. Um, so it's, it's new to his body. And uh, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but um, I've seen this before where there is a strain or there's some stress there because really his body is evolving and something new that's going on. And um, it's probably going to take time for him to really settle into all that stuff. But, have him healthy and fresh towards the end of the year than be pressing too many buttons this early in the year. Uh, I know how that goes. Is my body's changing? I'm putting on some weight, Coach. I pulled, <laughs> I pulled a rib cage muscle. Lift, looking, uh, I was just cr- reaching for a box of um, Sour Patch Kids this weekend. It yeah. happens. Yeah, you know, sprained wrist, things like that. <laughs> I, I understand. We're in the same boat as it relates to that. It happens. Coach, do you have an overall scheduling philosophy? It seems like the past couple of years you like to open with these games, uh, these series, these tournaments in a major league ballpark and then come home and play some out-of-conference games, just maybe get in that lab and stay with your guys at home and work a little bit. Is that by design? Yeah, I mean, when we're at home, we we have the artificial surface, so we know we're going to play. They're, they're, and when we're at home, we're wanting to adjust. I really hate when, we, like this weekend, we bump it up two hours. There's people traveling from all over. We're sensitive to that. I get it. But ultimately, everything we do, it could be NIL. It could be meeting with administration, meetings, coaches. It's for the players, the guys on the field. And so being at this pool on this turf field, we know we're going to play. We know they can use our weight room and stay in a routine with all of our facilities and our nutrition. And we know for academics, it's much better for them as well. So we'd like to be as at home as much as humanly possible. And then, you know, having said that, 
I think you need one road trip before you go, you know, play in the SEC so the guys know how to travel. The first road trip always kind of brings them closer together. And then those tournaments kind of reflect what it's like to be at Hoover or at a regional where you have multiple teams. You want to be the best team there. You got limited practice hours. Um, it's a, it's a uh, neutral site you're playing at. So it's good to vibe it out, and we've really enjoyed those neutral site tournaments. And the thing that's awesome, like this year they put us at prime time because they know our fans are going to travel like crazy. Um, Texas Tech did really well doing that as well. But we had as many fans as anybody down there, and we're not exactly right next to the state of Texas either. Coach, do you have any thoughts on the new pants in Major League Baseball that are the subject of such controversy this week? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I think the the thing they can't do right now, knowing how our uniforms work, even though Major League has their budget, they probably can't reverse that thing. So I think they're probably here to stay, regardless of how many complaints they get. And uh, some of the uniforms that, that we've seen in the college area are kind of similar. They're almost paper thin. And, you know, add your see-through comments if you want and, and things like that. But I think – Ultimately, when you're playing in May, you're going to sweat. So, um, you know, I don't know how much difference you can make with technology trying to change things where guys are going to be cooler or you're going to lower their temperature with a uniform because, um, you know, regardless, they're going to be running around. It's going to be hot. They're going to be sweaty. But I don't. I got, I got enough problems without worrying about what the <laughs> Phillies and the Braves are going to be wearing the next time they play. Oh man, just maybe a few, a uh, few less close-ups uh, this year would be my advice. There are there any special uniform treats for Tennessee baseball this year? Fans could be looking forward to. So really, it's kind of next year. Um, as exciting as this construction is, you know, I was talking with Danny White the other day, and I was so pumped about the finished product, and he he stopped me in my tracks. He's like, "This isn't. We're not even done. You know, there's a lot of uh, construction that'll be done next year." With that construction, we might end up redoing our full field with new turf to basically make it seem like it's a brand-new facility, not one that just added a left-field line. Um, and then I say that because the other thing that will take place next year is we're supposed to get seven sets of brand-new Nike uniforms that we designed uh, all next year. So this is kind of a we're-on-hold or pause year. But next year we got a lot of awfully cool new things coming and that 2024 class is the perfect class to to join with those things if we can keep some of those guys coach you cut out there you said the, the 2024 class if you can keep some of those guys what was that last part yeah or away from the draft or, or from signing um that could be the best class that ever showed up in tennessee baseball history on our campus um which would be the perfect group to break in those new unis and a new stadium yeah, I was. That's the only thing. It's not really a drawback, but I, I have noticed on the field where you guys did the construction. There's all those patches, right? There's the 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 weird kind of triangular patches where the warning track meets the new field and everything like that. So I was wondering if maybe that's something. Once all the construction is done, you just do a new field so it looks all the, like the same material. Yeah, it's the plan. I mean, if you've got an overhead view, you can see all that stuff. If you're standing out in the dugout like I am, it's not as noticeable. Um, but with, with the turf, as, as much as we use it in practice and whatnot, you're always going to have to do patchwork. 
but right now it's it's certainly a lot more like a quilt because of the construction. Yeah, the, the plan is, and it's not a, a cheap one, um, so it's not a guarantee, but the plan is if we're going to roll out a new stadium to, to roll out a new playing surface as well next year. Uh, it looks fantastic so far, so we'll be keeping an eye on it here over the course of the next year. Uh, Tony, always good to speak with you, my friend. Good luck this week, and we'll do it again soon. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you so much. Take care. Yep, that's Tony Vitello, Tennessee baseball coach, making his president. Did, did he say seven new uniforms next year? Seven. We're going to have a throwback for uh, old Curly. <laughs> Now, what, what do we have? So, you've got, like, the main one, the Friday night uniform. You've got that, and then the away version of that is the smoky gray. Mm-hmm. You've got the orange on white that they usually wear Saturday, and then the creams. That's four. You've got the light gray pants that they sometimes wear with the black. With the black, yeah. They've got – there have been rumors about the old pinstripe. They, they have a pinstripe set. Yeah, they have a, a white pinstripe set. So that would be one, the one more. We're up to six, so there would be one more. The anthracite, right? I, the, I listed that. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, you, you could, there's a lot of different things. You could go throwback. You could go. You could go that, that, that really nice-looking, uh, like, late 60s, early 70s. The, the smoky gray on smoky gray, that is a controvert. Like, that's either you love it or you hate it. Yeah. I, I kind of like it. I don't mind the the uniforms in basketball and baseball. Like it's not as people hate on it a lot online, though. I, I hear some people they're just like, "Please get rid of it." I, it doesn't. I kind of would like not to about see us. that uniform in the the regular gray that we think of when we think of road mm-hmm. baseball uniforms. Mm-hmm. Ooh yeah, because we have those pants. I do like the mm-hmm. creams though. The throw they're kind of vintage looking. Yeah, no, those are. Those might be my The favorite. light gray pants with the orange jerseys as a road uniform is pretty They busted those good. out against – Yeah, they've done it. Oklahoma maybe? Did we I that? think so, yeah. yeah. You think they'll go black pants? Throwing a set of black pants for next year? Hear me out. You know where I'm going? No. Orange on orange. I'm for it. I'd love to see it at least just once. Yes. No. There, just a, once. There's a Baltimore Orioles orange oh, on orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look it up. Uh, orange I'll, on I'll, orange. I'll check it out. It doesn't look as good as that bad boy. Don't don't knock it until you try it. I I can't even see that. What are you showing I'll, me? I'll send it to you. It's the old it's the old Condridge uniform. I, I, I dug them. Quick timeout, the shocking conclusion of the drive coming up. Speak now, forever hold your peace, 865-546-8200. Caller number 10, right now winning a pair of tickets to tomorrow's UT baseball game against High Point. Caller number 10, if you want to go to the game, 546-8200. Ticket giveaway courtesy of our friends at Crown Cleaners. Back to wrap things up right after this. The Drive. Fan Run Radio, The Drive continues. Congratulations to Jeremy Faust. Wins a pair of tickets to go see Tennessee baseball tomorrow in action against High Point. Appreciate our friends over at Crown Cleaners for providing us with those tickets. Providing Jeremy, I guess, with those tickets as uh, they do great work over there at Crown Cleaners. Have done it for a long time now. And if you 
have any dry cleaning needs, you're tired of spending your time ironing, doing the laundry yourself, all that stuff, let Crown handle your dry cleaning needs so you can handle business. Their expert team does it all since the 1960s, providing Big Orange Country with imperial dry cleaning service. Check them out on Bearden Hill or online at crowncleaners.com. We appreciate Don and the gang for uh, their support of the show and all things Tennessee baseball. Tony Vitello, Bear, what did you learn? There's seven uniform combinations next year. There's <laughs> all gonna... kinds. There's more construction. Yeah. Uh, did you guys? Do you guys notice that? Does it? Like uh, I'm a sports aesthetics guy. Yeah. So I'm watching the game and I see all these patches. Yeah. Like I wasn't even going to raise my finger and ask him because part of me thinks that the thing that would make that place into like the Taj Mahal just legendary would be if they pulled up that turf and put down a, a natural grass field. But then if you do that, you've got to have a whole other practice facility because <laughs> you, you, you can't just wear it out practicing on a – Well, and that, that turf's older. Like, have you seen the new stuff like that the Titans put in? Yeah. It's got uh, – I don't know, it's kind of weird, but it's got coconut shavings yeah. for the – I think that looks a lot better. I don't know how yeah. it acts under the foot. It looks much more like it real grass. It looks much more like real grass, That's yeah. one of the things the players um, – Players that play on that stuff do not like playing on it. I imagine baseball is a lot easier than football. But have you noticed in front of first base where the runner will stand and take his lead off, that there's a big patch there. I noticed this last year. I think they have to replace that constantly because of guys are tearing that up, running on it, sliding back to first, all that stuff. Why don't they yeah. use uh... – Something about the color of it seems off. Of the dirt? Yeah. The gr- yeah, I, yeah. I, I, can you not get rid of the fake dirt and use real dirt? You can use – yeah. I I know the stadium in Texas where we opened the season, where the Rangers play. I noticed that. I believe they have it. – it's fake grass, but it's real dirt. Yeah, because I think that's that makes a significant difference. It definitely does the way – you know, when balls are hit off that. Well, you have to keep it clean, too, because you'll notice around the mound, the mound is dirt at yep. Lindsey Nelson, yep. and there's – you can see the – Dude, they've got contraptions that they can, they can roll out there and just vacuum that, clean it all up, I'm sure. Uh, seems like there was one other thing that he – So, A.J. Russell hurt his side from his side to his armpit. Huh. Well, my, but, like – what is that? Oblique? No, your obliques are down. I think that's where your six pack is. Those muscles doesn't sound too serious. I mean, it's trapper. My, my takeaway there my is trap, it's yeah. not his elbow. It's not his shoulder. I think that's what we all thought at first. You heard soreness, yeah. and it's just oh no. But yeah, as long as it's, it, don't get me wrong. I wish he wasn't hurt at all. But yeah, if they had said elbow, um, the other really interesting part is how the team kind of flipped from last year, mm-hmm. where he's got. You know, last year he had pitchers coming out as he wanted to trade for bats. a hitter, and yeah. now he wants to trade for a pitcher. Yeah, and he was. Yeah, I thought it was funny the way he said, "Yeah, you want to pitch some innings? Yeah, come on." I'm really fascinated to see how this lineup shakes out. And, and he said, "Like you want it by the time you play Alabama, you want to have kind of your lineup set." And 
But you don't know if that's going to be your lineup at the end of the year. He also pointed that yeah. out too. But you'll kind of you'll kind of know, and I don't think I don't think we know what he's thinking right now as far as leadoff hitter. I don't think we know what he's thinking as far as who's going to play in the outfield. Well, it's obviously a a lifelong kind of odyssey or pursuit of his to. It's just what he likes to do is to come up with lineups. By the way, he's so successful. Quick timeout. Actually, no, we did our last timeout, right? The, yeah. yeah. Let's do our North Knox sighting and windows high school basketball player of the week as we roll through the state tournaments and shine the light on the local interscholastic athletic scene once again. Time for the North Knox Siding and Windows High School Basketball Player of the Week. Brought to you by North Knox Siding and Windows. Call 865-689-0505 for a free estimate or go online at northknocksidingandwindows.com. We had a triple-double last week. Gatlinburg-Pittman, Ty Glassberg, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists in a 74-67 win over Chucky Doak. On Saturday, uh, former Player of the Week Drake Ingram did it again for the Webbies. Had 24 and a 73-56 win for Webb over Catholic. <laughs> nothing. There's nothing. Sad. Sad what's going on over at, at Catholic right now. This week's North Knox Siding and Windows High School Basketball Player of the Week is Natalia Hodge from Bearden. Hey. This girl's a talent, man. Have you have you heard about her? Yes. Uh, she's, I think she's only a sophomore. Yeah, I remember them talking about her last year, saying, oh, look out. Dropped 35 on Carnes last week. <laughs> 65-57 win. On the Beavis. Yeah, she's good. already got offers from tons of D1 schools and only a sophomore. Mind seeing her wear the orange and white. Would be nice. You're going to need to get her a – no, never mind. For now, we will settle for a North Knox Siding and Windows High School Basketball Player of the Week award. We appreciate North Knox Siding and Windows for their support of this radio show and the high school athletic scene here in East Tennessee. And we remind you, if there's any home improvement project you are considering doing on the outside of your house, anything, obviously they do siding and windows. They also do roofs. They also do handrails, decks, porches, anything on the outside of your house. North Knox handles that. They serve all of Knoxville now, East Knox, West Knox, even Sono. So give them a call at 865-689-0505 and schedule a free estimate today. 865-689-0505 online at northknoxsidingandwindows.com. Time for a phone call or two here as we wrap things up. And Rusty is next. Hello, Rusty. Everything's good. Uh just wanted to uh, talk real quick about the uh, the lineup, and then one quick quick other thought. 
it, it seems like we're going to have a righty lead, leading off is the biggest thing. And I guess it's because of they want to go righty lefty pretty much throughout the lineup if they can um, until they get to Peebles at some point. So your your odd numbers are going to be righties and your even numbers are going to be lefties and let, until you sprinkle in Peebles. So it's, it's either going to be Inslee or Moore has got to be your leadoff. And I'm, I'm like you. I, I cheer for the team who's got the best player in baseball, who's a power hitter, but he leads off. And I, I don't care that Simo's a power hitter or a, a you know a, a doubles hitter just that, that rakes. Let him lead off. Yeah, I mean, well, on base percentage is the big thing. I'm going to pull up the Tennessee baseball stats now <clears throat> and see where we're at there. But uh, he was one of their better ones last year in. Boy, it seems like all he does is get a hit every time he comes up nowadays. Yeah, and, and he'll get plenty of chances with runners on base leading off. Sure. If, yeah. if, the, if the 7, 8, and 9 are, are, are getting on, and they're getting on at a pretty good clip, that lineup's pretty solid. I mean, it, it's he's the guy I would go with. Um, the only other thing I want to talk about was, was the court stormings. Um, yeah, I think Filipowski's full of it and whatnot, and I, I despise Duke like everybody else does. I, I do think we can do a better job. If you go watch what the Big 12 does, the uh, they've had several this year, but they have like 30 guys in the bright yellow or bright orange. It looks like it looks like when you're separating the uh, the the away fans at a at a at a at a, uh, at a Premier League match where you got the yeah. where, you, where you got them surrounded by security to where you can't ever have any crossover between Arsenal and Chelsea fans getting near each other. They they do that in the Big Twelve, and these guys go out in a line and they have they they're they're all attached to each other by ropes. There's like one yeah. big long rope, and and they like quarantine off basically <laughs> both teams, and you can still storm the court, but it's it's separated on the other side of those guys is where the storm where the court storming is forced. It, That's kind of what LSU it, did when they beat Kentucky. Did you see that? Yeah. Anybody, they they yeah, had some guys with little ropes out there. It was interesting. Yeah. I guess it worked. It, it, it's it's not a problem. You stick at the court storming and you separate the the players from the fans. I mean, but Duke Duke can't complain. Duke's football team stormed the field after beating Clemson in the open game of the season this year. I mean, it only occupied basically one end zone, but they still did it. Sure. So if you're if you're if you're a Duke fan, you don't have your legs stand on, baby. Um, that that's about it. All right. Well. Uh, appreciate the call, Rusty, and that's a, that is an interesting point about the the rope thing. I I, I will try that. I mean, it's you got to get out there fast. That crew's got to be trained. They've got to have yeah, that and yeah. have a plan and and get out there and get in front of the the visiting team. Part of the problem is that the visiting team now they changed the locker room to where you got to walk all the way across the court. Yeah, but I guess I'm just thinking at Thompson Bowling. Yep. Is you could get them out that corner. Yeah, they can still go yeah. out. When's the last time we corner? stormed the court at Tom at, uh, at Thompson? It's been a minute. I don't haven't? know. I feel like when you're a program like us, I mean, why would? Right. Yeah. Why would we go storm a court? Well, there's a couple. Like when you have a game where you're upsetting a team and you've beaten them, and the outcome is not in doubt. It's those buzzer beaters sometimes yep. are the hard ones where I remember oh, there was the one. Emotion. There, I don't remember who we were playing, but Charles Hathaway hit 
some sort of bouncing buzzer beater. And I don't even think the opponent was that highly regarded. But it was just such an exciting ending that it, people just spontaneously stormed yep. the court. Yep. So we continue this conversation tomorrow. Got to make way for overtime. We'll do it again tomorrow from 3 to 6 right here on Fan Run Radio.